You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio based or banner ads, but on a case by case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at $2, $5, $10, or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of Us needs and appreciates all your support. Last time on The Boys, Homelander realized that perhaps he could do whatever he wants and the consequences would be whatever he decides they are. Like when Tom Brady's cheating. Now I know what you're thinking. If Homelander realizes that, isn't that kind of the end of the world? Luckily... We don't have to talk about season four of The Boys and how they're going to solve that problem because we got spinoffs. Gen V. Streaming on Amazon Prime. Gen V, a part of the, oh my gosh, is Amazon better at superheroes than Marvel universe? That's what I call it, patent pending. Gen V is about college-age kids going to a specific university where they will learn how to harness their powers and better mankind. And if their powers are cool enough, they might get a scholarship and a chance to join the Seven. Now, how do these kids get their powers? As you know, through the boys' universe, a lot of superpowers are obtained obtained by injecting a drug called V... Can I get a fact check on that? Doggett, is it called V? Yeah, compound Compound V. V. (laughs) Well, much like uh, trophy moms and dads all over the world that want their kids to be athletes, looking at you, dad. (laughs) Look at you, dad. Look at you, dad. (laughs) Some parents gave their infant toddlers compound V in hopes they could be heroes and ride that success into a better life. One of our protagonists, uh, well, all of our protagonists have parents like that. I'll just leave it there. I See, it's, it's already a hard-hitting show, and I'm not even halfway through the synopsis. Mary Moreau, played by Jess Sinclair, she is a compound V baby. She doesn't realize this until she hits puberty and discovers that her power is uh, the only way I can put it blood bending. She can manipulate. It's called a blood whip. Yeah. A blood whip, blood daggers, blood. What what do you call it? It's called a blood whip. Okay. Anyways, her discovery (laughs) of this power uh, makes her and her sister an orphan. And we fast forward into her uh, much older years, college years, where she is given a second chance at Godolkin University. Godolkin? It's a silly name. They all hate it, but 
yeah, good, good token. Anyways, there she meets her fellow students, Andre Anderson, played by no Chance Perdomo, playing Andre Anderson, a legacy hero. Emma Meyer, she's played by Lizzie Broadway. She goes by the superhero name Cricket. She can shrink. Kate Dunlap, played by Maddie Phillips, who has the power to make you do whatever you want. And we have Jordan Lee, played by Derek La and London Thor. Two actors playing one person. Whoa! This individual has the power to... I'm not even sure, and I watched the show. So when Jordan is in a female-gendered state biologically, she can absorb powers, and when Jordan is in a male-presenting gender state, she can... You sexist, you got the powers mixed up. Yeah, did I get it mixed the guy, up? The guy absorbs the power and is also super super durable, and the girl can okay. blast. If they can, okay, thank if you. they identify as that, or if they are they. Damn it, Bradley. <laughs> so that huge fumble aside from myself, apologies, Doggett, the fight scenes are incredible with Jordan Lee. And uh, highly recommended just for that. Also, we have the valedictorian of Godolkin High, Golden Boy, that's literally his name, played by Patrick Schwarzenegger, who is also seeing Kate sexually. Now, with me to talk about Gen V Season 1 on Amazon Prime, Someone who's better at describing powers than I am, and I appreciate that he's here. Doggett is with us. Oh yeah, let's uh, let's enjoy this. Like watching Ultimate X Men. Oh yeah, sorry. Someone sorry, that I sorry. know, no, would... superhero Doggett, whatever. <laughs> As someone who I know would suggest, education and knowledge should be free. Elliot is with us. So this week I watched a super violent <clears throat> superhero show on Amazon Prime. That is also a thinly veiled metaphor for modern America. Um, but enough about Invincible Season 2. Let's talk about... Hey-o. You're watching The Tick. Don't you lie. <laughs> <laughs> tick was also... Yeah, Amazon Prime. Good show. So it hits me midway through Episode 2. I says in my own head, in my very cynical, trifling-ass way, these kids are being hoodwinked. The The university is promising a spot in the seven when these educators and these board members know fully well that not even 99.9% of these kids have a useful power that could help infiltrate and uh, create the seven in its most shining moment. They're offering promises they can't keep that. Oh shit. They're a university. That's right. Accredited. (laughs) Yeah. Who? That's biting satire. <laughs> but what did you all think of uh, this university? The presentation of what these college kids are going through, knowing all their parents are junkie pushers, and uh, the overall cast. What do you think of the show? Personally, I'm just happy you have to pay for that ten times. But the show, I think you know, I think it really delivers on everything it promised, and more so. You know, you think about the boys, you think, oh, it's just a bloody mess where 
with sex and violence and like human drama and it's all those things except it's less annoying because these are actually 20 year olds and not like you know a bunch of 30 year olds who are traumatized no yeah agree yeah, I'm right there with you. I think this is. I didn't have a lot of expectations. I mean, I, I, I really like the boys. It's, it's kind of trashy. It's really good, but it's also there's like an element of trash. It, it is very bursting at the seams. That show, I feel like, and this is, um, much more grounded and also just a much tighter story than than anything in the boys. Um, I think I actually kind of like this a little bit more. Um. The characters are really, I mean, even the boys has kind of uh, lived and died on its um, characters, of which it has a lot, and um, all of the characters in this are really well done and really, really well acted, Um, and uh, yeah, I, I really think this was kind of a home run. Yeah, and I surprisingly agree with both of you. Uh, my problem with the boys is a lot of the boys works with the notion of this is a very easily impressionable hero that can be controlled, but also he looks like he's almost 40. Like, what? How is he so easily in, easily controlled, a grown-ass man? With 17 to 22-year-olds, 100%, that is the time to brainwash somebody. I thought you were going to say get him to join the army. <laughs> Jesus, dog it. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, hey, you can you can laugh at me, Bradley, but I knew a guy with a hook overhand who'd killed kids by getting them to enlist. I think we let an entire generation of kids down. Only one? <laughs> yeah, just the one. I ain't taking credit for anything <laughs> above or below that. Emma Meyer, she can shrink. How does she shrink? She vomits up her food. That is such a loaded superpower that you could really think and talk about. Like, she feels and is smaller when she vomits. Wow. And that superpower aside, Lizzie Broadway, which sounds like a superhero's name, is nailing the struggles of that kind of power. When you have a mother, and she does, saying, you got to be smaller. Just be a little bit smaller each time. Be thinner, tinier. Don't let anyone see who you really are either. Portray perfection. Like, oh, man. I knew kids like that growing up with that kind of pressure and... I'll just end it there and say Lizzie Broadway is my MVP. Who are your MVPs of this season? Uh, yeah, I would agree her. I think she was a really big standout. Uh, I think both of the actors playing um, uh, Jordan were really strong. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm trying to pull up their names. Um, yeah, London Thor and Derek, Derek Lou. Mm-hmm. Who played the principal? The principal... Are you talking about oh, the in, dean? Indira Shetty? The dean. Sorry, the dean. Yeah, Shelly Khan. Shelly Khan. Wow, if there was a character that, like, I'm watching this and I'm watching Attack on Titan at the same time, it's like, ah, oh, symbiosis. It's like, Brad, you judge, you judge Jaegers, but 
there's a little part of you who's like, I mean, do I want to live in a world of soups? No, there there isn't any part of me that do I do I want to risk this? Like, come on, <laughs> you actually you you watch you watch Civil War and you're like, well, you know, come on, they got a point. Who who has a point in Civil War? Which one I'm, are you I'm talking saying about? Saying you're siding with the government. Okay. <laughs> you wouldn't want I mean, X Men. You you would be like, okay, so how much of my taxes go to Sentinels? Right. I would want to know that. Yes, <laughs> I I understand what you're saying now. Yeah, but uh, in Dirichetti, this is what I mean by. You got to strike while the iron is hot and manipulate the youth to get them to do what you want. She, I'm not going to say she's evil or good, just saying that is her character and she excels at it. This actress, Shelly Kahn, brilliant performance. These effects were pretty good looking as well, wouldn't you say? CG blood has never looked better. I think this shows that Amazon really wants this to be a big franchise for them, and it's working. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, yeah, they have, you know, a crap ton of money. Um, frankly, I would not even be surprised if Bezos himself is, like, pushing this because it's well known that he really loves sci-fi and fantasy stuff and, and has, like, stepped in to save shows in the past. Um yeah, I think I think the amount of money behind this is actually not that surprising. I think, um, yeah, especially because what with the franchise model today, I think Amazon sees this as a really really big uh, money potential. You know, they they want to be selling uh, Starlight and Queen Maeve cost, uh, Halloween costumes. Right. You, you think Jeff Bezos goes to parties and is just like, you watch Fleabag? I made that. <laughs> That was me, motherfucker. <laughs> so, superhero fatigue. We're not going to touch on that entirely. I grew up where the majority of the comics I read as an adolescent were, unfortunately, 90s comics. And I say unfortunately, tongue-in-cheek. I know it's remembered as mostly pockets and guns. Even Superman was using guns in the 90s. Comic books. So many chains. Yeah. So for me, it was apathetic reading. What's the presentation of this and does it work? What separates this from the rest of the superhero genre? For me, as a very apathetic viewer towards superhero cinema in general, I would say the question of the show is why be a hero? Why do good? And I think they answer it. What do you two think? Well, I think a big, big piece of this is that it, it's really the only big superhero franchise that is for adults. You know, it has the money. Um, it's, you didn't it's like got... Jupiter Ascending? <laughs> uh, you know, I still have not seen that movie and probably never will. What do you think this show's trying to say, Doggett? What separates it from the other shows and movies? You know, it just doesn't feel like a CW show and it should feel like that. But it somehow doesn't, mm-hmm. and I think yeah. that's just what it comes down to. We don't, we're not an okay. You know what it is? The writers don't hate these kids. You can kind of tell with most shows, the writers writing them fucking hate the characters, or at least their idea of what <laughs> teenagers or early twenty somethings are. 
Like they just they just think they're the most despicable creatures alive. It's like no wonder we had that decade where all the movies and shows were kids killing each other. Yeah. So so what you have here is a probably a whole new crop of people who are getting their swing at it and they're you know treating them like people. Like there's that episode where everybody gets to like just unload their dirty laundry and it's mostly handled fairly maturely. I guess is what it comes down to. Like anywhere, anywhere else, it would have been like every other character being like, "Well, I'm gonna give you the silent treatment for the next." Oh God, we're 22 episode show. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that's wow, spot on. Now there is a through line, a mystery. It's not just kids trying to be the most popular they can be, so they can one day be on the seven. There is a. Admission scandal, I'll just call it, being as vague as possible, where certain students seem to be vanishing. And everyone is so self-absorbed that they either don't notice or they forget and later find out why they forgot. How did the mystery of the school work out for you two? Emma Frost, oof. (laughs) That's all I'm going to say about that. I, You know, I think that plays into the nature of the boys' universe being kind of silly um, and kind of goofy. Well, isn't that um, kind of regular, though? Isn't it always, I don't know, guys, I think the school's fucked up. I think the only time that wasn't the case was Harry Potter, and even then, the school was fucked up, guys. It was a pretty fucked up school. All, um, all these schools just harbor dark secrets. Like, just, they, remember, Freddy Krueger started in a school. I mean, this show is definitely like it does kind of lean on that trope of like the hidden thing that the secret shadowy organization is hiding. The woods, right? You know, the woods mm-hmm. uh, compound V. Everything to do with Vod. It's like I can hear Gus Grant saying that line. <laughs> Vod is like <laughs> comically huge. Um, I think at one yeah. point a character walks walks in the room with a, a Vought Burgers bag, and I was like, wow, Vought is even in, like, fast food service. That's, it's, it you know, I mean, it's Vought is Amazon and Disney and Microsoft and McDonald's and Coca-Cola and, did I say Disney? Uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, you know, this, this, this whole show is just fun. Uh, it was just a fun watch with, um, really interesting and well-acted characters and I can't wait to see more of this. And you know, apparently uh, the boys is going to take place directly after this uh the end of this. And I'm excited to see that. That this after season 3 of the boys ended for me, I was like, well, you know, I'll stick around. We'll cuz I am curious how they're going to wrap up the boys. I don't think they're going to wrap up the boys. But um <laughs> The way that this sets up the next season of The Boys I thought was a a bigger success than season three's Stay Tuned for The Boys. And we're going to carry that into our final thoughts. Uh, Doggett, would you start, please? Would you say there's a better lead-up for The Boys boys than Hawkeye was lead-up to Echo? Uh, (laughs) Yes. I I don't think you need Hawkeye to enjoy Echo. Interesting, interesting. More on that at 11. 
But the show is great. Everybody should watch this. It's a fun time. You know, all my friends who are being annoying about how much they hate the MCU is like, ah, fuck, the second this show came out, I was just like, they have so much ammo right now. It's like, I'm just getting my ass kicked. I have no defense. It's like, well, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 was good. It's like, that was James Gunn. Shut up. He doesn't exist in there anymore. <laughs> it's like, I'm just getting beat up here because the show's so great. And I have no defense. This is a great show. Um, it's like, here's how it is. If you can't get, if, if James Gunn's too much for you, then, and Peacemaker wasn't, was just, could not be your thing, congratulations, you got your show, Gen V, like, it does everything it's trying to do successfully, and it's more, I think it's smarter than it, it, it itself thinks, I think it's not even trying that hard, and it's doing very well, is, is my main point, mm-hmm. I just think it's yeah. a great show, it, I, I'm angry it ends on a cliffhanger, but it it has me. I'm convinced. You know, Jeff Bezos was at a party. Did you watch Gen V? I made that. So, you know. (laughs) Nine out of ten pickup lines, I guess. Very nice. Elliot. Yeah, I'm pretty much right there with you, Doggett. I mean, this is... uh, I did not have a lot of expectations for this. And, I yeah, I agree. This show is sort of effortlessly knocking it out of the park um the, the whole conceit is really interesting of this um superhero university but they never they never t- take to like the tacky place of like you know um superhero influencers although there i mean there is a superhero influencer but they could have done so such a much more sort of stereotypical um look at that and and sort of putting superheroes in a um uh university context um i love all of the characters they found some really really fantastic actors for this show um i i don't think i recognize any of these people so they're all at least up-and-comers and and, uh, i I think they all have a really solid piece to put on their resume now um yeah this is just a great deal of fun and the way it ties into the boys is really interesting uh and I like that the, the universe is sort of being tightly knitted with these shows. Um, yeah, I I uh, cannot wait to see where this goes. And I will be, you know, right there day one for season two. So I'm going to give this nine out of ten um, exploding body parts. Very nice. Yeah, put a dot on that. <laughs> or a period, you might say. Hey-o. Cool, yeah. Very upsetting <laughs> with context. Uh, for me, what had me hooked on this is early on we find out what these what these kids' powers are. Now, since I was a little boy, what makes a hero? Someone who sacrifices for others. And the sacrifice is kind of implied with your time and your safety. That's how you sacrifice for others. And then when you read enough comics like me, it's kind of like these characters will be fine when they sacrifice. You know, if they're going to die, I know they're going to be fine. Gen V has created literal characters whose powers, if not used for good, could rule the world. And that right there already is an incredible dilemma to put on anybody, let alone an adolescent 
And secondly, none of these characters' powers work without literal we-can-see-we-can-relate-to context. The bloodbending girl, she cuts open her own hands to use her powers and help people. That is horrible. But we cheer because she saves the day. And that's pretty freaking cool to think about. Uh, there's this character that can use her powers to get you to do what they want. Horrifying to think of anybody having that power, let alone an impressionable, an impressionable adolescent. And there is an origin in this show that I'm just going to call the Brotherhood of Mutants origin that is season one of an Amazon streaming property that is a spinoff, you guys, that is more successful than every live-action Brotherhood of Mutants attempt I have ever seen. And I can't praise this enough. I'm also going to join my three compadres here in giving this 9 out of 10 Violent Puppet Theater. Every time she cut open her hand, was there a little party who was like, you know, you have you have orifices. I mean, people have nosebleeds. You can you ever watch an anime? They cough out blood all the time. 